Support begins in three, two, one. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Nurture and Support. I am Mel at Karmic9. Hi everybody, this is Kelly at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And we are joined with a frequent guest to Nurture and Support, Dr. Mike. Welcome, Mike. Thank you guys for having me back. As you guys know, day one supporter at official pagan on everything just to get that out there too. But day one supporter, it's super exciting to be on this show. So anytime, you know, Kelly gives me the invite, I definitely try and jump at it whenever I can. And we appreciate that because everything's better with Mike. Oh, thank you, Mel. I'm trying to get on his good side so he doesn't like bash me this show, (laughs) y'all. It's always a risk, Mel. He can turn on you quick. Trust me. Ah, he's always nice to me. If I'm nice to him, then he'll turn his powers on you. Super. So it's my turn to lead off this show, and hopefully for all of our listeners out there, I haven't already talked about this one. I don't think that I have, but forgive me if we've mentioned it in passing. But it's a video game. I'm going to give you a break from the books this week. The video game I'm going to talk about came out back in October, and it really shouldn't be a surprise to most of you that I like this game. It's called The Outer Worlds. It is a game made by Obsidian Entertainment, who are the folks behind the early Fallout games. And I know I've talked about Fallout before on this show. I love the Fallout franchise. This is very much has the soul of Fallout, only it's actually in space. So the Fallout games were a post-apocalyptic on-Earth game kind of fall out in space, but from a completely different game company, Obsidian Entertainment, who, incidentally, while this game was in development, got bought by Microsoft Games. So when this game released, it actually released on Microsoft, and I actually got it for, I think, the low, low price of like $9.99 because when it first came out, Xbox Game Pass was being kind of baited, and I think it's actually technically still in beta, on PC. And they were using this game as a big push to get people to sign up for that, and you got the first 30 days free. So basically, you got a $60 game for free for 30 days to see if you even liked it, and I really couldn't pass up that deal. So I signed up for Xbox Game Pass just to play this game, and it was well worth it. So The Outer Worlds is very post-apocalyptic, but it's in space. It's got all of the retro futuristic stylings that you may be used to from Fallout and that everything looks kind of quaint, but it's in the distant future with spaceships and androids and all kinds of cool stuff, laser guns and mutated animals, all of the fun that we love from those kind of games. It's got a very dark, kind of morbid sense of humor, which will appeal to all of our hosts of this show and probably most of our listeners if you've stuck with us this long. So it's an RPG style, mostly a shooter type game, but there are some puzzles, some things to think through. I really think this game is 
very friendly to people new to even playing these kind of games. So you don't have to be some master gamer to really be able to get the mechanics on this one. I felt like this game was very beginner friendly. It's not as deep. It's actually a pretty short game. And it has different ways to get through all of the quests. Instead of, some of them are straight up, you really need to shoot to get through them. But there are ways that you can puzzle your way around that. If you're one of those people who wants to try the challenge of playing through a RPG without hurting people, which is really hard. But some games have a way for you to do it. I don't know if anybody actually, I should have checked on that. I don't know that anybody actually could make it through this game without killing anyone. But it's always a nice, fun thing to try if you're into that. But you can resolve certain situations through verbal checks in the dialogues. Again, like a lot of the modern age games, when you insult someone in this game, they remember. So your NPCs remember the things that you do. So if you do a bad thing on one planet, other people are going to hear about it. And it can impact your later choices that you have available to you to uh, diffuse certain situations. If you've been a jerk on this planet to this person, then you may not be able to finish through a quest with the optimal way you would normally have been if you're not going to be a nice person. I wish that I could play one of these games as a true villain, but I can't ever bring myself to do it. I always have to take, you know, the higher path. I should let myself be the bad guy, but I just feel bad. I feel bad when you insult somebody and then they get all hurt because the people in this game are very, very, very sad. So I think that Kelly will really appreciate this aspect of the game. So our storyline is you've been in cryogenic sleep for at least 60 years on a colony ship sent to the Halcyon system. Your ship kind of got lost. It was supposed to get there in like 10 years, but it got lost. Something happened to it. You'll find out if you finish through the game what happened. But you get woken up by this mad scientist who does something to you to keep you alive through this process and dumps you on this planet to be his helper to overthrow the corporations who own everything. So every one of these little planets that you're going to go to is basically owned by a corporation. The people that work there are basically owned by the corporation. So in the future... In this future that we're looking at here, people are born, live, work, and die all under the auspices of a corporation. So what you have the choice to do in this game is you either work to undermine this system and free these people from their corporate overlords, or if you want, you could side with the board of the corporations and help them. It's up to you. That's the overarching choice that you get through all of the little quests that you're doing. You are kind of a bumbling, weak person as all of the beginners are in these games. And you will eventually move through the quests and you'll come across characters that get to join your crew. You get a spaceship called the Unreliable, which is 
very reminiscent of Firefly. You'll collect crew members who are also really kind of very reminiscent of Firefly. But it's got a nice homey feeling with the retro futuristic aesthetic. Things are not bright and shiny like you would think in typical sci-fi or like some of the stuff in like, say, a Mass Effect type game. Things here are very broken and running down because the corporate overlords have been hiding stuff from people and people are running out of money. People are suffering. People are barely having enough food. It's really kind of depressing when you think about it, but this game kind of glosses over it all with its sick sense of humor. And so you get to laugh through it all. So The Outer Worlds by Obsidian Entertainment, it's on all the major consoles. And I've heard it just came out this month on Switch, on the Switch. I don't have a Switch, but many people apparently do from the number of people I see playing Animal Crossing these days. So there you go. It's out there on every platform. It's a really fun game. And really, as far as these kind of big world RPGs go, it's a pretty short game. Some of them feel overwhelming because they're so long. This one you can actually work through pretty quickly, I think. So, And it's, I think, pretty beginner friendly if you can stand up to the dystopian future we have in store for us. Well, we're getting a nice dry run, so I think it's okay. Yeah. So, Mike, I, I think you yes, might God. have I think you might have a follow-up question or a comment. It could be wrong. I'll let you go first. If not, I, I have some points to make. Oh, no, you go first, sir. Oh, okay. Well, I just I wanted to point out, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of parallels between this game and, and real life in that uh, when Mel, Mel talks about if you're a jerk on one planet, they know about it on the other planet. And that could be, I don't know, a parallel could be, I don't know, if you're a jerk on one podcast, they remember it on the other podcast. <laughs> I just I just wanted to, to roll that out as an observation and leave it at that. Just a thought. Uh, you should be nice to sad people. I think that's another thing that, or you have a choice to be nice to sad people. So those are my two re- points I wanted to reinforce from Mel's very interesting recommendation. I'll hand it over to you, sir, if you have anything. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not at all familiar with the game. I'm definitely interested. So my... My big problem, I guess, when it comes to gaming is more often than not, especially now, I, I find myself gravitating more towards the older games. And I think that that has put me in a position where I'm sort of out of touch with what's happening with newer games. So it definitely sounds interesting. Like I need recommendations because I'm just not in the know with what's going on with newer games anymore. So this is definitely a great recommendation and I'm looking forward to checking it out. Well, I like it particularly because it's a single-player game, um, which there are more single-player games coming out. People are getting kind of burnt out on the MMORPGs where you're playing with jerks online. So, And given my questionable internet access and the fact that I don't like jerks online, I like single-player games. So this is a single-player game. Which I'm definitely I'll- a single-player game person, too, because yeah. I, I can't work around somebody else's schedule to, to like play with them. Right. And it, it's nice to be able to complete it by yourself when you want to, because I use video games to de-stress. I don't use them to cause more stress in my life. If they're at the point where they're stressing me out, they're not fun anymore. And a lot of people on MMORPGs, while they can be great, I've had some bad experiences that made me quit games because there was someone who made it not fun. So what's the point of being there? Although, if you go back in the Chronicles of Time, there was some multiplayer game that we as Stark Alex played for a little while together. And I truly enjoyed 
one particular <laughs> session of that game where Mel wreaked havoc. <laughs> she that just, was just, fun. Just cleaning house, and I just got to got I, to watch. I wish that we could we could play something like that again. See, that's fun, and when everybody doesn't take it personally, <laughs> but you know, those are fun. We have to find a game like that to play. Definitely again. Mike wasn't with us back then, playing at least on playing that game. I don't think so. It was real interesting because it was like an online version of check me the smell here because memory's not good, but like an online version of Wolfenstein, and yeah. the download would run on about anything. You the, yeah. the real light load you could get on, depending on what you, you were kind of at the mercy of what game server you got on. You could host your own if you wanted to, but you could also jump on some of the what they had as kind of freely available servers. It wasn't too laggy. It wasn't too bad at all, and it played really clean. I think it was called Enemy Territory. I think I could be wrong, but yeah, it was it was kind of like Wolfenstein, and um, you had different maps, and you know, you run around. It's one of those types of games that I wouldn't have enjoyed except for the group that we were playing with. It's fun. So, it was definitely fun. Yeah. Yeah, and I wasn't invited to play with the cool kids. Nope, it was discussed. <laughs> <laughs> we played it because it could play on low-end systems, but it reminded me of back in the day when we would play um, Quake Tournament or Unreal Tournament and play Quake and that kind of stuff where you're running around a map trying to shoot each other and hiding and sniping people and, and that kind of stuff, just with much lower quality graphics. So it was fun. So if anybody out there has a recommendation for something like that, you know, that we don't know about, then let us know because we'd like to play that those type of games again. All right, Dr. Mike, you're up. All right. Well, mine's not my recommendation isn't nearly as cool as Mel's. I am old and as an older man now, I am excited by things that are not exciting to most. In this case, lighting <laughs> for my bunker. So I, I ran into an issue which I, I was filling Kelly in on this whole ordeal as it was happening. We were running into an issue with there is there's a stairwell that connects the house to the offices and it is very dark, the stairwell. There is overhead lighting in the stairwell, but there because of the high ceiling, the doctor who was here previously had put shelving in there, which completely <laughs> obscures the light from reaching the actual steps. When you're there, like it, it's nice having that that extra storage space with the shelving there, but it's treacherous getting down the steps. So you sort of have to turn on lights in the hallway and down in the offices from upstairs so that you can safely kind of get up and down the steps. So that wasn't really going to work for me long term doing stuff like that. So I was looking at different options with lighting. And as Kelly is also aware and anybody who, who's listened to me on any of their podcasts, I can't do anything when it comes to things around the house. Like I, if I accomplish the smallest task, I brag to everybody and basically for at least a good 10 or 15 minutes feel like, how do I not have an HGTV show if I can change a light bulb or something, <laughs> some, some normal everyday mundane task? Because I am just, that's not how I was made. I am not equipped to do useful things <laughs> around the house or anything like that. So I needed something that. And especially, you know, during the pandemic, something I could do because I am very lucky in that a number of my close friends are contractors. So they do a lot of this kind of stuff for me. But this was a situation where I needed to find some way to do this myself. So I was looking around online for some LED lights that I could possibly put up. And in the back of my mind, if they were a cool color, that would be <laughs> that would be nice, too, because the lights would be so 
the way that it that it works when you come down from the house, you come out into what was the waiting room of the doctor's office. So that is what is now our arcade. So I was like, oh, it'd be cool if there was like cool lights <laughs> leading down to the arcade. So I, of course, was perusing on Amazon, reading tons of reviews, not understanding any of the, the light related jargon. So finally, I, there was one that had lots and lots of positive reviews. And I immediately jumped to the negative reviews. And the things that were negative didn't seem like gigantic issues for me. So I found one that price point wise and review wise seemed to fall in the area of what I was looking for and seemed simple enough that even I could tackle this. Uh, so I found the Elfland LED closet wireless color changing R RGB lights, which is a way too long title for a product. And that is the way it's printed on the box too. It's just, it's, it's a, you're reading like a manuscript to get through the front of the box. But the box comes with six of these disc lights. They come with adhesive backs on them so you can stick them anywhere. So you don't need to do any kind of wiring or, anything fancy of, you know, attaching them to the wall in any way that I wouldn't understand that would involve like a drill or screws or anything like that. You can just stick them right to the wall. They have remotes with them. You get two remotes for the box. Uh, I bought two boxes because I knew I was going to not just do the steps, but do some other small lighting projects with them. So we have a few remotes laying around. So I'm able to put a remote at the top of the steps and the bottom of the steps. Uh, so rather than have to rely on light switches or anything like that, I can light it up and of course change color. There are multiple colors you can change it to. I'd send Kelly some pictures. We tend to go with the blue lighting because it is obviously the most practical <laughs> to have ominous blue lighting coming down the steps into the arcade, but it, it works. It, just a couple of those lights was enough to light up the entire stairwell. I put a couple, my, my first big project I did during this quarantine was restoring an old liquor cabinet. Uh, so I put a couple in there because there was actually lighting in that liquor cabinet, but the wires are incredibly old and they are running through the cabinet itself. So even if I wanted to, even if I knew how to replace them or wanted to pay someone to replace them, you would have to take apart the liquor cabinet, which is something I didn't really want to get into. So I put a couple of these in there. So they're more than doing their job. As the arcade expands, I wanted to add some backlighting to the arcade cabinets. In fact, the newest one I got, which is my third, Kelly has zero, my third arcade cabinet that I recently got, which is the sit-down cockpit uh, Star Wars arcade cabinet. Uh, that is the newest one. That came with LED backlighting, so that's perfect because the other two now have these, these puck lights behind them, and Star Wars came with its own lighting. Again, that's three to Kelly zero. <laughs> so I have officially, though, reached that age, sadly, where I'm like, lights in the house, that's exciting. That's what I want to talk about with people. <laughs> I think that's cool. What colors, what different colors does it do? It's green, red, like a regular white light, like a yellowish. And then it shows purple on the box, but it's purple, I guess. I, the purple's not that strong to me. Like the blue, red, green, those show up a lot better. Cool. Hmm. I'll have to the remotes are small, but they work out. They work really well. You can use, and they have timers on them too. So a lot of times on the ones on the stairwell, you just hit, I have the remote attached to the wall. You can just hit it and hit the timer and it'll just turn off behind you in a couple of minutes. So it's not like you even have to go find the other remote or remember to turn it off. I need some of those. I have a hall that the light doesn't work in very well. One of the switches doesn't work at one end of the hall. 
I'm not going to give an electrician to fix that. Forget it. <laughs> well, that and that's the thing. Like a lot of the lighting around here, uh, we do have smart lights. I try not to use the actual like overhead lighting that's in the offices just because that stuff's expensive to replace. Plus, it's it's really overkill because there's a million lights down here. So I put in lamps and smart with smart bulbs in most of the offices down here. So it was really just the stairwell that was the problem that needed some sort of solution for because even if we put smart lights up in the fixture there, the fixture just doesn't reach the steps because of the shelving unit that they put in there, which again, I do appreciate having from a storage issue, mm -hmm. but it's not practical in terms of actually lighting the stairwell. And so there's not an option to kind of connect that into any sort of smart device. It doesn't have a Wi-Fi connector or anything. The light no, system. that is the only thing with it. Um, there there are ones that you can get with that, but because you know, I didn't know how this was going to work out, plus I'm not that <laughs> literate on home projects yet, I stuck with something that was cheaper and more simplistic. These are just battery operated. And what kind of battery is it? Uh, one of the like uh, 2032 kind of flat puck batteries, or is it a double A kind of thing? Or oh, it was a double A. Double A, cool. Yeah, they each take a couple of batteries. So the the only downside, because I did buy two boxes of them, I had to go buy a big pack of batteries. But I mean, it's been a couple of months now. They've been up and it nothing's burned out or anything like that and they're on and off all day so i mean it seems like you get a decent lifespan out of the batteries well i, I was gonna be nice uh and point out this that mike is trying to perpetrate this myth of oh i don't know how to do anything when he did an incredibly impressive job on refinishing that uh that bar and he's actually got a gaming system installed and so there's a lot of stuff going on that belies the oh i don't know how to use a hammer kind of point of view so i was going to kind of compliment mike on his development but then he had to kind of go into let's do a game council count let's have a little competition here to talk about how many i have versus how many kelly has so so screw you mike i'm not going to say anything <laughs> yeah well that's the liquor cabinet thing was the first time i've ever done anything like that. like as far as the trying to to touch something up or restore anything it, it seems like it turned out pretty well and then adding the the monitor in there and the raspberry pi which is more in my wheelhouse typically cool. well my yes, recommendation i have the sit down star wars cabinet yeah. or, or where you, you brought that up yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it we heard you the first couple times. Yeah, Star Wars cabinet sounds cool. <laughs> so my recommendation is not going to be uh, as fun as Mel or as fun as Mike's, but I'm an old guy too, so my recommendation is going to be about uh, reading glasses. And that got a laugh the first time we did it, <laughs> but we're having to re-record it. I just want to let the listeners know. <laughs> yes, I'm Mel. still laughing. It's not about I, that. Because Kelly told me that he changed his recommendation for me, and yeah. I do need reading glasses. So, so I'll, I'll save that for a later date. But my other recommendation. I have well, to be honest. The first time you did that, it was funny. But that hard transition in your Antifa rant really threw me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to edit that one out this round. So we'll go into something else. <laughs> so um, I want to recommend. I recently bought four video game arcade cabinets. And I want to recommend each one of them <laughs> in order. Cool, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're full size. They're like 10 times better than what Mike has. But my original recommendation, I think is a good one, but it is not a, not a happy one. It's, I think, important information to, to learn and understand. You do not leave that recommendation in a good mood. So I feel like staying in a good mood a little bit more. So for this week, I'm going all the way back to 1968 to the Disney catalog for a fine little movie called Blackbeard's Ghost, starring Dean Jones and Peter Ustinov. Peter Ustinov as Blackbeard and Dean Jones as a local high school coach, the new high school coach, coming in to coach the track team 
That's the world's worst track team ever. I mean, remarkably bad track team. It's not that bad. I wasn't on it, so. <laughs> you need to take a look at these guys, because <laughs> the discus guy forgets to let go of the discus. The shot putter guy, strongest guy on the team, can't open the car hood. Lots of issues. They were pretty horrible. He ends up, Dean Jones ends up checking into a hotel that is run by the descendants of Blackbeard's crew. For some unknown reason, all of these are old ladies now. <laughs> and so none of the male heirs survived the Blackbeard crew, but all the females did. And they live together and run this kind of quaint hotel that's largely made out of parts of Blackbeard's ship and whatever else. So you don't think women can run a business? <laughs> They had to, but they're going bankrupt, Mike. <laughs> so. It's actually that women are better pirates, okay? That's why they made it. Yeah, I, they're clearly better at surviving. That's my point, is that <laughs> none, none of them, there are no male descendants to be found, so the women are clearly a lot... Uh, Superior. Clearly, there you go. Thank you, Mel. <laughs> Appreciate that. You're Mike, you can, you can just pipe down for this racist recommendation. <laughs> you know, I did, you know, in the first recording, I went on and on about how Mike was a big Dean Jones fan, but I'm not going to embarrass him by sharing that this time. So we won't, we won't do that this time. But anyway, you've got Blackbeard has been cursed and has to roam the earth until he does a good deed. And somehow uh, through a series of events, Dean Jones resurrects him, but only Dean Jones can see him. And so the rest of the movie is this whole kind of odd couple matchup of these two Blackbeard wanting to help him win in track by cheating him being too good for that. And lots of special effects because lowercase as special effects because 1968. And so you've got Blackbeard securing rum at about every location he can. And you see the bottle kind of bounce across the screen or footprints show up in the sand, doors open and close and all these types of things. So all practical effects, all really kind of basic effects, but actually done pretty well. You know, when you do see the bottle walking across the screen, it's pretty easy to tell that that bad boy's on a string. <laughs> He's just bouncing along <laughs> as he goes through. It has its charm. Yeah, exactly. And so I really do think there are a lot of elements of Peter Yusinov's performance that could have served as a starting point for Johnny Depp as he started to come up with Captain Jack Sparrow. Because I believe Blackbeard is, you know, as drunk as Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, so I think, I think that element's there. He didn't bring in the Keith Richards influence that Johnny Depp apparently brought in for Captain Jack Sparrow. But he's hilarious in it. Uh, Dean Jones, who I'm typically not a huge fan of. I kind of enjoy his character. And we get to see a young Suzanne Pochette uh, as the love interest in there. And again, a reference, uh, as I mentioned the first time we did this, <laughs> that's probably not going to land for a lot of our listeners. Mel Cooley from the, the Dick Van Dyke show is the school administrator or something like that, who is basically Mel Cooley as a school administrator. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't think he's always fun. It is. It's lighthearted. It's fun. It is available on Disney Plus. I'm sure it's available other places too for anyone who's listening to this recommendation and wants to listen to it, having no judgment on whether you have Disney Plus or not. (laughs) (laughs) Because the last time that Kelly did this, he was trying to rub it in Mel's face that she doesn't currently have Disney Plus, which I pointed out is the kind of thing that only a man who doesn't have arcade cabinets in his home would do. I led this off mentioning I now have four because I, I I said I was rebooting. I was on Amazon. You know, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're in flight. I have oh, there'll be consequences to this, but dang it, you know. Yeah, for the Disney Plus deficient, you can rent it on YouTube for two ninety nine. There you go. 
And I highly recommend you do because it's a it's a really fun show, lighthearted in a time when, hey, maybe we need a little stress relief and just kind of sit back and enjoy just some entertainment. Can't say enough about uh, Houston House Blackbeard. Super fun. The ladies that run the um, the hotel are, are pretty hilarious uh, as well. Uh, I like it. Sounds cool. Yeah. And so also on our first, it wasn't really a recording. It was us talking to me forgetting to hit record. But <laughs> on our, our first uh Go round on this. Mike said something else mean. I'm trying to remember what it was, <laughs> but it was it was horrible and mean. And, that doesn't uh, sound like me. Yeah, was, <laughs> oh yeah, it was. He he, you know, he felt my description was really deficient. I think he basically said I really couldn't figure it out given your lame description of the movie. But after I did some research by myself, I realized I'd probably seen it. So that was it. Was that, that was, is partially true. So looking up the film, I have definitely seen this. The visuals are, are are sparking a memory here, but I don't remember the plot specifically. And uh, Mel, I think you had a similar experience when you were Googling it. Yes. Yeah. You know, we're of an age that we saw it when we were kids and, um, you know, it needs to be revisited in these trying times. And who doesn't like floating bottles of rum? <laughs> And pirates. Yep, and pirates. It's all good stuff from there. And and track. You know, we're all big track fans. So you get a little bit of you get a big track meet at the end. That's fairly uh, interesting to see as well. So on uh, that note, does anything anybody have anything else they'd like to share before we wrap it up for this week? Just one question on your recommendation, sir. Yes, Mike. <laughs> have you ever seen Mister Boogity? No. <laughs> Mr. Oh, so it's on Disney Plus. I've never seen it. I've never heard of it. But since I've gotten Disney Plus, a bunch of my friends who have it were very excited that this movie was on here and assumed that I was a big fan of it. And they're like, oh, it's going to be so cool to watch this again. And I have zero recollection of this movie whatsoever. So I was just curious, since you were perusing Disney Plus, if this was something you had come across. Mr. Boogity? Yes. Uh, no. Do you have, do you have a, at least a thumbnail sketch of the plot or, or not? Nope. Nope. Nothing at all. I never heard of this thing before, other than, like I said, once once me and a few of my friends were on Disney Plus, though, everybody else seems to be aware of this movie except me. I've not. Mel, have you heard of that? Mel? Did we lose Mel? Oh, no. Sorry. Had my microphone off because the dog was growling. Mel, um, I need a little more professionalism from you on the recording here. <laughs> I'm so very, sorry. Very disappointing that you had your phone up. Uh, they got mute. <laughs> Jeez. Fire me, man. Let's see. I was talking during all of that, looking at my phone. That's why I forgot my microphone was muted. Apparently, it's a 1986 movie. I was thinking that character was from a cartoon, but it's not. It's a very, a very ugly looking boogeyman, I guess. But it was made in 1986, and I have none of these are sparking any memories for me. So I don't think I ever saw it. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go double feature. Go with Blackbeard's Ghost and Mr. Boogity. Yeah. Starring Dean Jones? <laughs> <laughs> it did not look like Mr. Dean Jones was in Mr. Boogity, but you never know. It might be uh, an, an uncredited guest appearance. We'll have to We'll have to hope. Might be the ghost of Dean Jones. I don't know if Dean is still with us. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna guess no. <laughs> I... Mike Mike would know. Mike, I'll leave that to our to our googling listeners. Okay. <laughs> so, Dean, if you're still around, sorry, uh, but I think he he is not. He is not. Okay. Well, so good. <laughs> well, not not good. <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> This is going so well. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I, I, w- I really want this to stop now. <laughs> is there any reason we need to continue? Ah, I think our work is done here. Excellent. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Bye. You can contact us on our website, nurtureandsupport.net, or email us at nurtandsup at gmail.com. That's N-U-R-T-A-N-D-S-U-P-P at gmail.com. Or tweet us at Nurt and Sup on Twitter. You can also catch Nurture and Support on YouTube. Nurturing and supporting. Turn it.